for listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Friday. We are going to look at all four of your divisional matchups. I'm going to give you my picks against the spread for all four. We're also going to discuss the fact that Mike McCarthy held his first press conference since it was announced he was returning as coach of the Dallas Cowboys. More Cowboy talk for you. More thoughts on everything that's gone down. Giving you kind of the vibe of what's going on here in Dallas-Fort Worth. And it's pretty much what you'd expect. But we'll get to all that momentarily. So let's talk about the divisional matchups this weekend. There are two that I actually really like, and those are the ones that I might end up betting. But I'm going to give you just where I would lean on all four games if I were to bet all four games. Went 2-4 and four in the wild card round. See? <laughs> Going 13-0 and 0 in a playoff season is damn near impossible. Uh, it's just not going to happen. 2-4 uh, and four in the first – I couldn't get out of the first weekend. I won the first game. I had Houston Texans against the Browns. Then I lost the uh, Miami game because they didn't cover against Kansas City. I also lost the Cowboy game because I had the Cowboys in that one. And then I lost the Lions. So I was 1-3. and And then I had the Steelers, which lost. But then I had Philly. Wait a sec. Did I go 1-5? and no, I got two right. I know I got the – oh, I had the Rams. Sorry. I didn't have Detroit. I had the Rams. So the Rams and the Texans were both – were my two wins, and then I lost the other four. Now, remember what I said at the beginning of the week. Five of those six games were absolute blowouts. Five of those six games were decided by 14 or more. I've been doing this long enough. I've been looking at games long enough, following playoff statistics long enough to know that I would be very shocked – even though we have three line, uh, two lines that are almost double digits and one line almost at a touchdown and then a very close line, I just don't see this being another weekend where teams are going to be winning games by 14 points or more. It just doesn't happen that way. The stuff evens out. So, But it's trying to hone in and figure out which ones. So let's start with the first game. Texans at Ravens. The Ravens are minus 10. This line is just doesn't make any sense to me. We've told you this statistic. Lamar Jackson, 1-8 and eight against the spread the last nine times he's been favored by seven or more in a game, regular season or postseason. He doesn't cover when he's more than a touchdown favorite. However, if you want to play devil's advocate, that one win where he was a double where he was favored by more than 7 and covered was against the Houston Texans back in week 1 which brings me to my next point how are the Houston Texans they were 9 and a half point underdogs at Baltimore in week 1 and they lost 26 to 9 i'd say the Houston Texans have improved since then wouldn't you that was CJ Stroud's first game it was DeMarco Ryan's first game as a head coach in the NFL not very hard to think that they lost that game 26 to 9. But here they are. CJ Stroud is going to be the rookie of the year. He's going to be the offensive rookie of the year for sure. And you're telling me that they've actually lost a half point? They're 10 point underdogs against a team that, look, Lamar Jackson is 1 in 3 in his career in the playoffs. Not to mention, he's never won a home playoff game outright. I'm not saying that means he's going to lose this game. I'm just saying you have to take that into consideration. 
10 points is way too much. I got to take the Texans in this spot. That's too many points. So we'll go with the Texans in that one. That's probably one. If I were to bet, that would be one I would bet is Texans plus 10. This next one, I, again, I think this is very similar to last week's game. So the Saturday night game is the Niners minus 9.5 against Green Bay. Now, this line probably is closer to 11 or 12, San Francisco minus 11 or 12, if Green Bay doesn't pants Dallas last weekend and just embarrass them. If they would have won like 31-28, 34-31, I think it would have been a higher line in this one. But because they were so dominant against Dallas – Vegas knows. People just look at what happened the week before when betting a game. Like, uh, because all we saw, you know, betters didn't see San Francisco play last week. They didn't see the Ravens play last week. They saw the Packers and the Texans play, and yet they've still set their lines this high. I'm going to say the same thing about this game that I said that I said last week for Packers Dallas. I said Dallas is either winning this game by three touchdowns or they're losing outright. I don't think this is going to be a close Dallas win, and it wasn't. They lost the game outright. Same thing here. I don't I, either San Francisco is covering this fairly easily or they're losing outright to the Packers and Packers are just it's one of those things where you're going to look back on it at the end of the game and just be like, OK, this might be the Packers year. This might be one of those teams. And we've seen this before. We've seen a team get into the playoffs on the last week of the season and just ride a wave because basically the Green Bay Packers have been in playoff mode in weeks 15, 16, 17 and 18 of the NFL. The Niners weren't. Not saying the Niners aren't going to come out with a sense of urgency, but we've seen this numerous times in the playoffs before. This isn't a new storyline. Don't be surprised if the Packers and or the Texans go in and defeat the number one seeds. It's not that far-fetched. I'll say it again. The first 10 years of the Super Bowl, there was no seeding. So we've had 48 Super Bowls. Only 14 times have the number one seeds met in the Super Bowl. Out of 48 and to get to the Super Bowl as a number one seed, all you got to do is win two home games. And yet 34 times out of 48, the two number one seeds have been unable to do that. So don't think an upset can't happen with either of these. Is anyone ever going to go out on a limb unless you're a diehard Texans fan or a diehard Packers fan and say, oh, I know we're winning that game? No, especially people on television, the talking heads. They'll say, oh, Texans, you know, good offense. They can keep this one close. Uh, but no one's ever going to say, I'm picking the Texans to beat the Ravens. I'm picking the Packers to beat the Niners outright. Nobody's going to say that. And it, you're not you're not just being like, I'm not sitting here and being like, oh, I told you on Friday they were going to keep it close. Like, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that's why when you're looking at these games, nothing is black and white. Television talking heads make you think everything in football and in sports in general is so black and white. Okay, great. So if you're saying everything is so black and white and you're just saying, no, Niners, the number one seed, they're going to lose to the seven seed. What if the Packers do win? Then what do they say after the fact? My gosh, this Jordan Love is having a great, great ending of the season. The last 10 weeks he's been doing this. Like, yeah, we know this. The last nine weeks, Jordan Love has thrown 21 touchdowns and one interception. Could it end and him throw up a complete dud against the Niners? I guess. But if he played a great game and the Packers pull the upset, why would you be surprised? Look at how well he's been playing. They're 8-3 and three in their last 11 games, and in the last nine, he's 21 touchdowns and one interception. He just literally almost played a perfect game. He almost had a perfect passer rating last week against the Cowboys. So, 
you just have to keep it in mind. These are all just individual games. Move on to Sunday. Detroit Lions are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not putting too much analysis in this one. I'm not going to sit here and try and dissect it. I think, like I said on last Friday, I thought the Rams were going to be the toughest game that the Lions were going to play in the playoffs in the wildcard divisional round. I said I think the Rams are going to be a tougher opponent than the Bucks philly winner. They were three-point favorites over the Rams. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites over the Buccaneers. So even Vegas believes that they should win this game. Um, I, I'm just I'm not going to overthink this one. I, I like the Lions. I just I understand the Buccaneers, same thing. They've been playing for their playoff lives. I just don't think they're as good. And I think the Lions got that 33-year monkey off their back by winning that playoff game, first playoff game they've won since 1991. And now they can almost take a deep breath and like, whew, we got past that. It's we we are now a playoff team. Now let's go and take care of business. I they should beat the Buccaneers by seven points. Doesn't mean they will, but they really should. So I'll take the Lions minus six and a half. And then the Kansas City Buffalo game, again, this is just a coin flip. There's so many different storylines. I told you I think that Josh Allen has to win this game for his legacy, he cannot lose three playoff games to Patrick Mahomes because then it's like, if not now, then when? You finally get him at home. You finally get the Patrick Mahomes, you know, plays every playoff game at home. You finally now get Patrick Mahomes on the road. This is not the Chiefs team that they have been for the last five years. You are in Buffalo. It is your weather. You love it. Your fans are going to be absolutely out of their mind by the time this game kicks off on Sunday night. Everything is riding there for the Bills. They have to win this game. Josh Allen needs to win this game for his legacy. But then you got the other side where it's like, Patrick Mahomes is an underdog in a playoff game? You don't think he's heard everybody squealing about, hey, maybe he should win a road game before we anoint him in the best, you know, no. He's the best quarterback in the league, and he has been for the last six years. Yes, he's played every playoff game at home. And maybe they aren't as good as they were offensively last year, uh, this year than they have been the last five years. But they're still the Chiefs. And anytime Patrick Mahomes is under center, you have a chance to win your game. So this is a coin flip to me. If I had to pick the game, I would just take the points. I'd, I'd buy it up to three and just take Kansas City. And I just think this is going to be the close one of the weekend. I I could see other ones not being as close, but there's a reason this line is two and a half. I think Vegas expects this to be the best game of the weekend and the closest game of the weekend. And I, and I do too. So I, when it's two teams that I just, I don't know who to pick. I usually just say, screw it. Let me give me the points. So if you're looking at who I would be interested in betting this weekend, it would be Houston plus 10. I didn't even give you a Packers 49ers pick. Did I, I, you know what? I'll go Packers by a half point. I would get. I would take Packers plus ten. I would take Lions minus six and a half and Chiefs plus three on the buy. I, those would be my four plays. I'm probably not going to play them, but have at it. I mean, these are I, I, what I do know is I don't think five out of six games last week decided by fourteen or more. I don't think we're getting that this weekend. I think we're going to get four good games. So let's talk about the fact that Mike McCarthy held his first press conference since Jerry Jones announced he was coming back as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. 
there are definitely some upset Cowboy fans that are just like, what are we doing? We're running it back literally with the same coach and quarterback. How is this possible? Why are we doing this? Reports are if Dan Quinn, who is basically interviewing for every NFL head coaching position, if he doesn't get hired by anybody as a head coach, he's coming back as a defensive coordinator. That is inexcusable. I told you that there was no way they were moving away off Dak. You can't. He's making $60 million against the cap next year. You could have moved off McCarthy, and you could have moved off Dan Quinn, and you still might. He might get a head coaching job. But I think the biggest thing for Jerry Jones and the reason that he brought Mike McCarthy back is he's justifying it by saying, look at the totality of his resume and not the playoff failures, which is kind of funny because Mike McCarthy was brought in to win playoff games, and he's one and three. But Jerry is saying, I like what he's done. We've won during the regular season three years in a row. We've had the best offense in the league two of the last three years. Yeah, I understand. The playoff loss is hurt. We're all disgusted by it, but we're right there. Part of me can't argue with that because I've said this all week. It's not like they're scraping themselves into the playoffs and going into the playoffs, we know they're just not a good team and they're going to get beat by somebody better. They've had the number one offense two of the last three years. They've gone into the playoffs the last three years after 12 and five seasons, something that hasn't been done in Dallas Cowboy history since the 90s. So he's getting them there. He's putting them in a position to win. He's just failing miserably once the spotlight is on them. Same with Dak Prescott. So that just needs to change. The problem is nobody in Dallas, nobody watching, no analysts can figure out how or why. Why does it come to this when they get to the playoffs? Why are they abject failures when it comes to the playoffs? Because the teams that they've lost to, it's not like they were significantly better than the Cowboys. Certainly this last Sunday, the Packers were not a better team than the Cowboys. They were on Sunday much better than them. But we already laid out everything. Two seed versus the seven seed, best offense at home, 16 straight wins at home, and you're down four touchdowns in the second quarter. Like It's, it's unexplainable. How do you change it? I, I don't know. I wasn't at their practices all week. I don't know what they did. I don't know why they've been just so bad in games that matter. And their last four playoff losses, I told you, Dak hasn't passed for over 90 yards in the first half. That's a problem. That needs to be rectified. Why is this guy playing so poorly in your playoff games? Nothing that I've seen has – I don't know. I don't, and I don't think anybody really has the answer. But Jerry is justifying keeping McCarthy around because there's more there. It's like, look, we got tools. We got this. Here's the problem, though, that I have with it in that I understand that they've gone 12-5 and five three years in a row, and it's not been with the same exact team. Every NFL team literally turns over about 25% of their roster every year. You just, with the salary cap and what you have to do to stay under it, and, you know, guys, veterans go to veterans and say, hey, we have to restructure your deal or whatever. You're still turning over 25 to 30 percent of your roster every single year in the NFL. So to do what they've done is actually somewhat impressive to not have that fall off. Twelve and five, 12 and five, 12 and five. Get to the playoffs every year. Give yourself a chance. I know it sounds silly, but you can't get to the Super Bowl if you don't even make the playoffs. So at least he's putting him in a position to get there. OK. The problem is, it's happened three years in a row. What are the odds it happens a fourth? 
because you brought Mike McCarthy back, I understand you're saying, well, look at what he's done in the regular season. 12 and 5, three years in a row. Yeah, I get it. He has been 12 and 5, three years in a row. But Mike McCarthy is now going into the fifth year. When he was signed on with the Dallas Cowboys, we head coach, he signed a five year deal. This is next year is going to be his fifth year. Dak Prescott in the final year of his deal. So you got a head coach and a quarterback that are in the final year of their deal, and everybody and their mother knows you have to at least get to the NFC Championship game or you're both done. Mike McCarthy knows he's not going to be the coach of this team if, one, they don't even make the playoffs, and, two, if they get to the playoffs and get to a wild card round and are one and out or they get to the divisional round and they lose in the divisional round. He's got to at least get to the NFC Championship because it's something that hasn't happened in this franchise in 29 years. He's got to get there. So that's the standard. The problem is, for me, I think that's going to be too much pressure. I think that so many people, for every single game they play next year, at the end of the game, there will still be reporters and there will still be fans after the game, including me, myself, even though I'm not a fan of the Cowboys, I'm just looking at it as an objective football fan. Great. Cowboys, you beat, oh, wow, you beat the Washington Commanders 42-13 in week four. Great. I don't care doesn't have any bearing on what you're going to do in the playoffs. And nothing the Cowboys do in the 17 games they play in next year's regular season are going to have any bearing on what we know that's going to happen in the playoffs because look at what they did this year and look at what they did in the playoffs. So you can't even say, oh, my gosh, wow, they played this way and this way. Eh. Their offense was number one in the NFL again, and they had the number three defense. Great. It hasn't done anything for them in the past. Could it change in one particular offseason, in one particular postseason? Sure. And that's what Jerry is banking on. He thinks they're close. Maybe they are. Maybe next year the same exact thing happens. They go 12-5, and five, they go 13-4, and four, they go 10-7, and seven, they get in the playoffs, and for whatever reason, something clicks. Something's different. It's hard for me to think it's going to be different when you have the same exact coaches. That's where it's just like, okay, we have to see – what happens here? Can they get a running game? Can they get somebody in the draft? Are they going to be better? Are they going to build through the draft this year? Their draft in 2023 sucked. Nobody really contributed from anybody that they drafted in 2023. So a lot of factors involved. And I just think the the unfortunate thing is, is this McCarthy keeping him on for a fifth year, keeping Dak, maybe keeping Dan Quinn, we're not going to get our answers to whether or not this was a good idea until next January because September through December doesn't matter. And I think I said it yesterday, Mike McCarthy's in a lose-lose situation. He's absolutely a, he's a lame duck coach and he's in a lose-lose next year because if he does anything worse than 12 and five and doesn't make the playoffs, it is Jesus Christ. Why did we just waste a year? Why did we even bring him back in the first place? He's going to get that if they don't even make the playoffs. And then if they make the playoffs and he goes out in the wild card round or the divisional round, you know what they're going to say? Well, yeah, this is what he does. He can't do shit for us in the playoffs. Why did we bring him back this for this last year? He's in a lose-lose. I just think that's a horrible position to put your head coach in. Not that I like or dislike Mike McCarthy. He's whatever to me. I don't care what he does with this team. I'm just looking at it as a sports talk show host and being like, this guy's got everything against him. He's got way too many things against him for me to think everything's going to go perfectly next year. Because let's face it, these three 12 and five years, outside of Dak missing six games last year, 
I'd say the team's been fairly healthy. What if they just have a year from hell? Like what happened to the Dolphins this year? So many injuries on the defense. I just going 12 and 5, I'd give him all the credit in the world that he's done that for 3 years in a row when for 25 years in this franchise they couldn't do that. I told you this statistic before this season started. The Dallas Cowboys hadn't had back-to-back double-digit win seasons since they last won the Super Bowl in 96. And McCarthy has gone back-to-back-to-back with 12. All you had to do was, uh, my statistic was just to get to 10, at least 10 wins two years in a row. They hadn't done that since 96 before McCarthy just went 12-12-12. So good regular season, but man, (laughs) it's all right there. The writing is already on the wall. It is it is glaring everybody in the face. If he goes worse than 12 and 5 and doesn't make the playoffs, it's Jesus, we just wasted a season. Why did we bring this guy back? And if he gets to the playoffs, good season, average season, but he gets in and they lose in the wild card round and they lose in the divisional round, it is like, yeah, exactly. You're just going to point back to January of 2024 when everybody wanted his head on a platter and fired and they're going to say in January 2025, why didn't we fire him last year? Look at what he showed us in the biggest game of the year as a two-seed versus a seven-seed, falling behind by four touchdowns in the second quarter. Why didn't we fire him then? We just lost again in the wildcard round, or we lost in the divisional round. Great. 30 years now going on where we can't even get to an NFC Championship game. So with that much pressure, I just think that's over too much to overcome. And, I, and, and I've also said this. If the, I, I definitely think sometime in my lifetime the Cowboys are going to break through because all it takes is one season. Cowboys are going to break through, and they're going to win a Super Bowl at some point. I don't know when. But if that happens, I think it's going to happen when they are not expected to. I think they're going to get in as a five seed or a six seed and just run the table and have one of these three wins on the road when nobody's expecting them to do anything because the expectations now are so high with three 12 and five seasons and offense in the top offense in the NFL, two of the last three years, people expect them to just carry that on to the postseason. I feel like if they do win it, it's going to be as a five seed or a six seed or even a seven seed. Like they're not going to win the division, but they're going to be like decent enough to get in the playoffs. And then they're just going to get hot. Because I also think playing at home isn't helping because everybody in that stadium is waiting for something bad to happen to them because they've waited for 29 years. And for 29 years, something as bad has happened to the Cowboys every time they have been in the playoffs. So it's almost like let's just go in as a five seed or a six seed, be on the road. Nobody expects us to do shack shit, jack shit anyway. And let's just win these games on the road. And don't have to worry about playing in front of our home fans. Like, that's honestly how I think they're going to end up finally winning a Super Bowl. I don't think they'll ever get there as a one seed, even though all the one seed you got to do is win two home games. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think it'll happen as, you know, as it was set up this year as a two seed. I think it's going to be one of these random things where you don't expect them to do shit, and that's when they win the Super Bowl. Just my personal opinion. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts, rate and review if you can. Enjoy your divisional matchups this weekend. I'm looking forward to this. This should be a great weekend of games. Last weekend's honestly sucked. Five of the six were blowouts. I don't expect that this weekend. So enjoy your games this weekend. I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television.
Peace.